Welcome to Searchlight, a survey through Scripture with Pastor John Corson. It is our desire to bring you a systematic study of the entire Bible, chapter by chapter, book by book. Today is our final verse-by-verse study in the book of Joshua. This has been a marvelous study as we have learned much about the Spirit-filled Christian life. We are now in the final chapter of the book, where Joshua has gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem for a farewell address. As we pick up the teaching today, Joshua has been reviewing all of the blessings that God has given to the people of Israel. And God has poured out His blessings to us as well. Let's now join Pastor John as he talks about these blessings and what we should do in response to them. Back there, I was sharing at a prophecy retreat, and uh, we were staying at a home there. Tammy and I were staying at a house there at Bridgehampton. The houses there make the fancy houses here in East Medford or Jacksonville. The hills look like dumps. I mean, these houses are one room, one house that we were close to had 64 bedrooms. And just the, the, the wealth and the opulence and all of that is something I've never personally seen in that kind of way before. And I was there walking along a little boardwalk area and looking out at the beach on one side there in the Hamptons, Long Island, and up at all these houses on the other side that were massive. I mean, just massive homes. I mean, I can't explain to you how big they are. And, you know, I was thinking, Lord, you are so awesome. You have given these people homes like that. And they don't even, probably most of them, know you and don't realize it's from you, but every good and perfect gift comes from your hand. And you've just blessed them. And they don't even necessarily acknowledge it and don't understand that it's from you. But you just bless everybody. You just let your blessings flow upon the just and the unjust. It's just awesome, Lord, how generous you are. And for those folks that in those wonderful homes that never do open their heart to you, that's, that's all they're going to have. So let them have the 64 rooms and the manicured acres and the duck ponds and the servants and all the rest because well, where we're going is going to make that look like a dump in comparison. See, we're, we're going somewhere grand. So... More than saying, well, how come this guy has all that? And how come these folks have all those things? Just to say, Lord, you bless people, and that's wonderful. And you blessed me, and the best blessings are yet to come. And that's what he's saying here. I've given you a land that you didn't labor for, verse 13, and cities that you didn't build to dwell in, and olive yards and vineyards, which you didn't plant. It's not your work. You didn't do it. You just get to come and enjoy and glean from, and be blessed by, see. So, in light of that, verse 14, 
Fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river, the Euphrates, and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, well, then choose you this day whom you will serve, Joshua says. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now dwell, but as for me and my house, we will what? Serve the Lord. If you weren't here on Sunday, get that tape. If you're a man, I dare you. You need to, every male needs to get that tape. Every male in this congregation needs to go through that study on Sunday. And I say that emphatically because it's important. It's really important. Joshua at 110, a man's man, says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Important stuff. Please do get the tape or go online and get it free, but get it somehow. It's important, you see. And the people answered, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of Egypt and from the house of bondage. And which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in the way wherein we went. And among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land. Therefore we will serve the Lord. He is our God. And watch this next phrase. And Joshua said, you cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor sins. This is classic. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, he says, with certainty, expectancy, and all the rest. You decide who you want to serve. We want to serve the Lord, too. No, you guys can't. I mean, he gives this great speech. This is a powerful proclamation from the lips of Joshua. He says, man, you choose. Look what God has done for you. Look how good he's been to you. And as for me, me and my house, we know what we're going to do. We're going to serve the Lord full on. And they said, we are too. No, you're not. You can't. Why? Because he knew, Joshua knew, that it was idle talk. And I use that word idle in two ways. As we shall see, he knew that the people, while they were saying, yeah, they had idols in their tents and idols in their homes. He knew that. He knew that they were talking the talk, but not going to walk the walk. He knew that they would say, yeah, we love God and hip, hip, hooray for the Lord today. But in reality, when they went back to their tents, the same idols would be there waiting for them. He knew that. He says, you, you can't. You cannot serve the Lord your God. He will not forgive your transgressions, your sins. Idle talk. I need to say something here because it's very, very important. Really important. <sighs> Idols, as we shall see quickly reading through the remaining few verses of this section. Idols. They had already begun to worship idols. They already had been hiding away idols given over to idols. The multi-breasted Ashtaroth that spoke of sensuality and sexual pleasure. Baal that spoke of, of intellect. Mammon that spoke of money. They had already begun to collect these little idols that were symbols of philosophies. Hedonism, intellectualism, materialism. They were already sucked in. They had already begun to move in those directions. 
Joshua knew that. When a person is given to an idol, listen very carefully. The book of Ezekiel says this, and this answers a question that I think many of us often have. In Ezekiel chapter 14, the Lord declares this concerning idols. Certain of the elders came to me. Just just listen and jot it down if you're not already real close to it. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, these men have set up idols in their heart. They've put the stumbling block of their iniquity before their face. Should I be inquired of at all by them? These people have idols in their hearts. They have idols in their souls. Should I be inquired? Therefore speak to them, thus saith the Lord. Every man of Israel that sets up an idol in his heart and comes to the prophet, I, the Lord, will answer him that cometh according to the multitude of his idols. Listen carefully, folks. Because you'll talk to people that will say, well, God's just given me a peace about having an affair. I've prayed about leaving my husband or my wife. I've really prayed about that it's okay that I have this cable channel pumped into my house. It's all right. I, I have a peace about it. And you know, I've often been baffled. How could it be that a person can look you in the eye or look me in the eye and say, well, God has told me I've really been praying and God has told me that I don't have to do this or I can commit that or go there. And you know, it's exactly contrary to the word. Listen, Ezekiel says this, if there's an idol in your heart and you seek the Lord, you're going to hear the voice of your idol and think it's the voice of God. That's scary stuff. It's frightening. It sends a cold chill down my spine just telling you because we're dealing with issues right now in the Applegate Fellowship where people are looking us in the eye and saying, well, I I have a piece about this. And we say, but the scriptures declare, God says, well, I don't know about that. You're you're judging me, but, but I have a peace in my heart. And I've prayed. And I've heard God's voice. No, you've heard the voice of your idol, and you think it's God's voice. You've allowed an idol to be erected in your soul. You've allowed an idol to be set up in your heart. And in sincerity... You think, I'm obeying the leading of God. In reality, God says, if an idol is set up in a man's heart, in a woman's heart, and they inquire of me, they're going to hear the voice of their idol, and they're going to think that it is me, but it's not. Well, you say, that's cruel. That's mean. That's harsh. God is saying, you stay away from idols because they're demonic. Well, I don't have any idols in my house. I'm not talking about statues. I'm talking about passions. I'm talking about stuff that's compromising. I'm talking about tinkering with or flirting with or getting involved with stuff that you know is not right. It'll lie to you and you'll think that you're in God's will and you're deceived and you'll be disgraced. You'll be carried away into a foreign country with a hook in your jaw, with, as the Bible declares, your buttocks bared. Humiliated. Exposed. But I thought I heard God's voice. No. God declares, if you allow that idol to be in your heart, 
That's the voice you're going to hear when you're seeking wisdom and you'll be deceived sadly. So what should you do? You destroy the idol. You don't allow the idol to be enthroned. You don't mess with that. Because if you do, you're going to get all mixed up. And you'll be telling some sister, some brother, some pastor, some elder, somewhere, sometime, somehow, well, I just, bro, have a piece about this, and I feel God's telling me that it's okay. But the scriptures say, well, I, I don't know about that. I just, I've sought God, and he's given me the green light on this. Be very careful about that. That's why Joshua said, you can't serve God. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we'll serve God. No, you can't. Well, you gave us this challenge, choose you this day. We choose the Lord. No, you're not really. Because you have idols back in your home. And you're going to get all deceived, tangled up. Can't do it. If you forsake, verse 20, the Lord and serve strange gods, he will... Turn and do you hurt and consume you after he has done all these good things for you. Isn't that amazing? You're going to get hurt. He's blessed you. But if you turn to these other gods, you're going to be hurt badly. Nay, they said. Nay, we're not horsing around. Nay, we'll serve the Lord. Joshua verse 22 said, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen you, the Lord, to serve him. We are witnesses. Well, then, put away, he said, the strange gods which are among you. (laughs) Okay. Then put away those strange gods. If you're making your choice, okay. But you put away the strange gods and incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. And the people said, The Lord our God, will we serve? And his voice, will we obey? So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day. Okay. All right, you've been heard. You've promised to put away the strange gods. It's not just talk here in the congregation. It's the walk in your own private situation. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and took a great stone and set it up there under an oak tree that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said, Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us. For it, the stone, has heard all the words of the Lord which he spake unto us. And it shall be, therefore, a witness unto you, lest you deny your God. What, a stone being a witness? What did Jesus say? If you have my disciples piped down, then even these what? Stones will cry out and be a witness, you see. The ultimate witness is the stone that was rolled away from the tomb that day the stone that was rolled away by a tree just like this stone is by a tree verse 26 that stone that was rolled away from the grave that day was by the cross of calvary if you go to israel with us it's amazing you have calvary the place of the skull and then right below is the place where he was buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And there you have the tree, and there you have the stone, and here too in our story as well. It's a witness. This is the the reality, the stone, the tree. It's a witness. And he let the people depart. It came to pass after these things, verse 29, that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. He's going strong till the day that he goes home. I like that. 
Well, John, you've talked about getting older and staying young and all the rest. How does that work out? I feel at 20 or 30, you say, like I'm already kind of over the hill and headed downhill real fast. What can I do today? One thing. Listen. Listen, you that feel old and decrepit and weakened and fatigued and weary and tired. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It's all getting back to that simple, basic deal. When you're old and tired, here is the fallacy. Here's the danger. Here's the enigma, the mystery. Well, I just feel like I'm kind of getting old and tired, so I just won't wait on the Lord. I go to church or be at the prayer meeting or take time for devotions because I'm getting tired and I just feel weary. And Hey, man, bad decision, bad choice. When you feel weary, here's the mystery. That's the time more than ever to wait on the Lord, to learn about him, spend time with him. And as I do, I'll mount up with wings of eagles, and so will you. We'll run and not be weary. We'll walk and not faint. And when fatigue sets in, listen, dear brother, when fatigue sets in to the soul of a man, it's indicative always that there is a lack of waiting on the Lord. Because the promise of God's word is, if you wait on me, you'll renew your strength. You'll mount up with wings of eagles. You'll run and not be weary. Your walk, you'll not faint. Joshua, 110 years of age, going strong till the end. They buried him there at Timnath, verse 30, Sarah, which is in Mount Ephraim, on the north side of the hill of Gaash. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua and which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. And the bones of Joseph. Remember Joseph? Joseph, who died down in Egypt. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then the sons of Jacob, one of which was Joseph. The guy that became prime minister who died there in Egypt, who said, when I die, and when you go back to the promised land, take my bones. I want to be buried there not here in Egypt. Egypt is a type of the world. I want to be in the land of destiny. Even when I'm dead, bring my bones. By the way, for you that are not too far away from that day, I, I do think that this is interesting because, because oftentimes people say, well, well, John, what do you think about cremation? I used to say years ago, well, cremation basically does you know, in 60 seconds or whatever it is, what time will do in, you know, 60 years or whatever it might be. It just speeds up the process. And that's true to a certain degree, but I understand from this scripture, from others like it, it was an act of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 22, talks about this story, how by faith Jacob, uh, pardon me, Joseph said, take my bones back to the promised land. And years had passed. 400 plus years had gone by, but he wanted his bones in that place. Why? Because our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The enemies of Israel always burned the temple. 
the Assyrians, pardon me, the Babylonians, the Romans, trying to destroy, burn, and take away any memory of the temple, you see. And, and I, since people ask, and because I think it's an interesting point, I, I, I personally would not choose to have me or my loved ones cremated. Now, if they have been or if they are to be, they're still going to be in heaven. And when the resurrection happens, you know, God's not going to say, oh, no, now what do I do? I mean, <laughs> man. <laughs> I mean, he, it's not a, believe me, it's not a problem for God. I don't care how far the ashes are scattered. But, but I do say this. It's interesting that this body of mine, this, this old body of mine, is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And I don't feel personally comfortable personally in saying, burn it. Because that's what the enemies of Israel did to the temple there at Jerusalem, every chance and opportunity they had. And Joseph said, I want my bones. I want my bones. I want, I want them to be in that land. And so they were brought back that day. And they were taken there to a place in Shechem, verse 32 says, and uh, buried there. And then Eliezer, verse 33, the son of Aaron died, and they buried him too in a hill that pertained to Phinehas, his son, which was given him in Mount Ephraim. Listen, wait on the Lord. Keep in the word. Stay away from the world and fall in love with the Lord. And you won't and I won't and we won't go back where there is defeat and discomfort and disgrace. Joshua, this book that deals with Jesus, ends with that strong exhortative word for a reason. Listen to me very carefully as we go our way this evening. Whenever our Joshua gives us a warning, it's because we need to be warned. Do you understand that? Warnings are never given just, oh well, whatever. God always warns me for a reason. And it would do you well and me well and us well to say, got it. Hmm. Strong, strong words. Important stuff. I better be alert. And I better beware. And be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And just like they heard the word of Joshua and responded, so to may we hear the word of our Joshua and respond to and put away every and any idol that is in our homes or in our hearts and say, no more. That's it. I've been warned tonight. They had idols in their homes. And Joshua said, you can't serve the Lord with those idols there. Destroy them. They chose to do that. And they would be blessed, at least that group, that generation. May God help me and you to do the same tonight. Lord, give us wisdom. Lord, give us wisdom. Do you hear the Lord speaking to you? As Pastor John said, God never warns us without a reason. Today, God has allowed us to hear his warning about idols we would be wise to act upon the word and remove and destroy any idols in our hearts. You'll be glad you did.
This teaching is also available on the Searchlight website at johncorson.com. You will also find on the website Pastor John's books and other Bible study resources. Again, the address of the website is johncorson.com. The Apostle Paul said that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. If you would like to increase your faith and hear more of the Word of God, you may wish to consider Pastor John's complete set of Through the Bible teachings. This set contains over 1,200 teachings from Genesis to Revelation in MP3 audio format. These MP3 formatted teachings can be used with most mobile phones, computers, tablets, or other mobile devices. You may order Pastor John's Through the Bible MP3 audio set from our website at johncorson.com. Searchlight is a listener-supported ministry. We appreciate your prayers and support. May the Lord richly bless you.